Hello, everybody, and welcome to this week's version of the Weekly Waffle, where we basically go over everything that has happened uh, over the last week in football. And uh, there's been a lot of big things that have happened this week, and we're going to start off with the FA Cup semi-finals. Uh, on Saturday, we, if you were live with us, if you were watching the, our live stream uh, of both of the FA Cup semi-finals, we really do appreciate it. We've just finished Manchester United uh, 1. Chelsea three and uh, Harvey. Seen as you were on the live stream, uh, what did you make of the game? To be honest, mate, to put it simply, Man United just didn't look like they won there. Um, I think the scoreline doesn't really reflect how the game went. As such, Chelsea weren't overly sort of confident, but Man United were poor. Um, we all said at, at the start, you know, once Pogba comes on, things will change. Uh, didn't really do much. It seemed that um, a lot of people, a lot of players, sorry, were misplacing passes, you know, left, right and centre. They weren't tracking back. They were giving up 50-50 duels and whatnot. Chelsea were just, they were first to every ball. They were second to every ball. But Chelsea weren't that good. I think Man United being poor made them look better than they were. Um, goals from Giroud first. Uh, Mason Mount controversially scoring past uh, De Gea, another mistake for De Gea. Uh, Brandon Williams giving the ball up on the halfway line. Uh, oh, sorry, past the halfway line into Man United's half. Uh, Mason Mount counted on it quickly and uh, scored. It went straight through De Gea's fingers. So you, you definitely could make a case for him. Maybe should have saved that, to be honest. Um, Man United. Uh, Harry Maguire with an own goal. I, th I, I think it went down as an own goal in the end. Um, and then the final goal in the last 10 minutes was a penalty from Bruno Fernandes, which wasn't really coming, to be honest. Uh, I didn't think they would score one. Uh, they, they did put the pressure on towards the end of the game, but as far as the FA Cup goes, uh, the final, which will be played on the 1st of August, I believe, uh, will be a London final, and that's Chelsea versus Tottenham. Tottenham? Arsenal. Chelsea-Arsenal. Yeah, uh, obviously we had... Um... Chelsea were pretty much just dominant from start to finish, really. I don't think Manchester United ever got anything into it. Um, Tom, you were also on the stream. What did you make of the game? Yeah, I think I think a huge turning point in the game, so this is obviously nil-nil, was Eric Bailly coming off. Obviously quite a horrific injury from what it looked like. A big smash on the head and then he had to be stretched off after losing control of his leg. We, Obviously, we hope that everything's all right with him and he can recover quickly. But after that, United's formation changed from a three-at-back to a, a standard four-at-the-back. And I think that definitely might have contributed to their first goal. We saw it was a low drill cross from out wide into the box, into the middle where uh, Giroud was and just tapped it in. And I feel if there was a three-man at, three at the back, uh, that could have been dealt with a bit better because obviously you've got a three-man in the middle, meaning it harder for Giroud to find space. And he just managed to, for his goal, he managed to squeeze in between the two centre-backs to get in the goal. So I feel, yeah, sadly, Eric Bailly's injury, big turning point in the game. But like, like you boys were saying, uh, mistakes all over the shop for United and Chelsea deserved it, really. Yeah, yeah I think Bailly's going to be out for a while. I think, Harvey, you were saying before we started recording, what was it he had injured? It was something to do with his spine, wasn't it? Uh, cervical spinal damage, I think. I, I was reading on them. Um, uh, who was it? 
I was reading off Instagram, one of the biggest sports pages, uh, football orientated, was saying that it, it looked like it could have been that, which means it could have uh, had damage done to his spinal cord or uh, to a disc in his back. So either way, if it goes bad, it's, it's not looking like it'll be a quick return. Hopefully, it was just a knock on the head um, and a bit of blood loss. Um, thoughts go out to him. Uh, I hope everything is okay and he returns to football soon. Yeah, obviously, we, uh, we wish out by a speedy recovery. Um, and then on the Saturday was a bit of an upset um, in terms of Arsenal beating Manchester City 2-0. Aubameyang uh, with both of the goals and uh, somewhat an Arteta masterclass, you could say, um, as he, uh, he outdone Guardiola, his old... Uh, well, Arteta used to be assistant to Guardiola, so um, he, you could say that he kind of had inside knowledge, but I think from start to finish, I think Arsenal were by far the better team. Um, I only watched the second half, but from what everyone else was saying in the the stream, if hopefully if you watched it, um, it seemed to be Arsenal were on top. And for most of the second half that I watched, David Luiz and Mustafi were pretty much just clearing any cross that went in. They forced City out wide to, rather than play, letting them play across the floor, which is like what they usually do. Um, I mean, Harvey, uh, obviously you were also on the stream for that game as well. Um, did you think that Arsenal played really well? It's a strange one because with the um, with the tier list coming out recently and uh, the Arsenal rebuild also coming out recently, you know, both times the general gist of the the videos uh, were that you know Arsenal aren't living up to expectation. They aren't being the club that Arsenal should be. You know, you sort of hear the name Arsenal and you think, all right, they're one of the bigger English clubs. For half of the season, we haven't seen that at all. And then in the last six, seven games, you know, they've pulled the results out of note. We thought with them playing Liverpool and Man City both in one week that we'd see them slaughtered twice. Somehow, they managed to beat both and lose to Spurs before. Like, that That sort of stuff baffles me. I don't know how how out of those three they've lost to, uh, to Spurs at all. But... <laughs> Crazy, crazy stuff. It, it's, it's, it's nice to see them back in form, I think. Um, can't really complain much. I think, I think Pep's got a lot of work to do for next season if he's to go for um, a, another league title against Liverpool. Obviously, we've seen them lose like 10 or 11 times this season in total. Um, it could even be more than that now. Um, yeah, Tom, Tom Horner, I know you've got something to say also. Yeah, I think um, Arsenal last two games, obviously, they've beaten the best two teams in the country. Um, they've just done a job of soaking up the pressure. And um, it's not the way Arsenal want to go play going forwards. They'll want to be able to attack against those teams more frequently. But it's a good starting, uh, it's a good place to build on for Arteta. And um, yeah, I think it's a positive sign for Arsenal that they can get results against the top teams which they struggled to do a lot under Wenger. Um, Arteta seems to be able to be a bit more strong in defence, um, in setting up. Obviously, he's probably learned that from Pep. But, um, yeah, it's lo- looking positive for next season for us, I think. Yeah, I think Arteta is definitely building the foundations for somewhat of a project at Arsenal. I think that is definitely showing the signs of it. Obviously, there are rumours about Aubameyang, maybe he's leaving or staying, and uh, Arteta is hoping that these signs can 
persuade Bamiang to sign on for a couple more years as his contract is up at the end of the season. So after those two games, it does mean that the FA Cup final on the 1st of August, I believe, is Arsenal versus Chelsea, a repeat of the game a couple of years ago. So we'll now move into the Premier League and we'll carry on with Arsenal as uh, on Wednesday night, they managed to get a 2-1 victory at home to champions Liverpool. Uh, no one was expecting it at all. Pretty much the same against Man City. The same performance against Man City where Arsenal had their backs against the wall, um, but they managed to catch them as Liverpool made a couple of mistakes. Obviously, Tom, I'm sure you'd love to talk about this and explain it for us. I guess I got to as the Liverpool supporter, but yeah, I mean, the game started off looking pretty comfortable for us. I mean, obviously, dominating possession, Arsenal looked set, stuck in their half, and then we got the early goal through a, a nice little work to play through. Robertson drilled ball across the box and then Mane just tapping it past um, Martinez. But then after that, I think we, we just lost control of that the game completely. I think we just thought it was too comfortable for us and then we allowed Arsenal just to pressure us. But the first goal coming in an absolute howler from Van Dijk. 20-year-old uh, Reese Nelson, I think it was, just, I don't know, bod- struggling, bodying off the ball. Van Dijk, edge of the box, our own box, goes to play it back to Alisson. And he's just shrugged off the ball by him and misplaces the pass straight to, I think it was Lacazette, who then um, calmly knocks it past Allison and gets the equaliser. And you'd like to think from then on that we'd then wake up a bit and start playing again. But it was just a mistake after mistake. Like Fabinho's been on good form recently, letting the ball, um, giving the ball away in midfield a couple of times. And then there's Arsenal's second goal from. We had the ball again, throw, throw in, throw back to Alisson, who I don't know if it was a shot or a pass, or it turned out to be neither. Straight to um, Lacazette, who this time runs down the um, runs down the wing and returns the favour to Nelson, who just, similar to Liverpool's first goal, really, Lacazette drills the ball across and then Nelson taps it in quite, quite nicely to give Arsenal the lead. And then oh yeah, that was just on the break of half-time. And then second half, like we saw against City, Arsenal just sat and just soaked up the pressure. To be fair, you have to give them credit for that because in recent recent form before these two games, Arsenal's defence has been very sloppy and very weak, but they held their own ground against us. And um, poor performances really from our strikers, Salah being a bit greedy as usual, not really being his form as he's trying to look for Golden Boot. And Firmino just play, being pretty much invisible. He came off early on in the second half for Minamino, who I thought had a very, possibly one of his best games for us. Obviously, he hasn't played a lot, but he really showed his bright spark and hopefully he can get more game time. But apart from that, we couldn't break Arsenal's defence down and sadly lost the game. And that means we cannot get the record-breaking 100 points and being City's record. But end of the day, we are still champions and the season's pretty much over now anyway. So, yeah. I'll say after this game, it's caused quite a discussion as, as to how good this Liverpool side really are. And are they, some people said, are they actually better than the team they had last year? Obviously, last year they won the Champions League. Um, and obviously, they came very close to winning the league last year. But there was a Man City team that was just a little bit better. But obviously, they've fallen, uh, fallen off the pace this year as much as the other teams. But people, would you say, Tom, that it's more Liverpool have been, have kept, the same kind of quality um, throughout the season or and 
the other teams obviously got worse or would you say Liverpool just been too good? I'd say I'd give it a little bit of both. Obviously, the teams that the teams near us haven't been quite up to it, the same as us, meaning that there isn't a whole lot of pressure onto us leading into like final games. But obviously, earlier on in the season, we saw that we were getting scrapping like one nil wins, like last minute goals, stuff like that. And I think that's definitely an improvement from last season. The only reason City managed to beat us at the end of last season was just because of our amount of draws we had. We only lost, I think it was one game all season, but we had about around like 11 draws maybe, maybe a little less. But And that just wasn't good enough, especially against some lower-sided lower, lower teams. But I think that's our performances this season have definitely been just sticking on to the end and grabbing late goals. And, and like against Villa, late comebacks with two quick goals. So I think it's just been that little bit more experience of being in the same position as last season as this season and just closing games out more comfortably well with the better result. Yep, so uh, obviously with the title race wrapped up ages ago in the Premier League, top four being chased by Chelsea, Leicester and Manchester United and the two results that uh, stick out to me um, this week, uh, Crystal Palace nil, Manchester United two, uh, with uh, Rashford getting a goal and Martial, I think, got another one. Um, and then VAR obviously being another... Um, talking point again after I think Jordan I you got a goal disallowed um, for his like toe being offside or something like that um, much like uh, Josh King against Manchester City which we'll get onto later um, does anyone have any thoughts about Crystal Palace and well that whole top four race I personally think that um, Manchester United and Chelsea are still going to get it obviously after today's performance of Manchester United maybe lacking a bit of confidence going into it does anyone have any thoughts about the top four race. Yeah, the Man United's last game of the season is is Leicester, isn't it? They're, I think they're at home home to Leicester. Is that right? Or, no? Yeah, Leicester at home to Manchester United, which will be covered on Soccer Sunday, which we'll talk to you later. About later. <laughs> it will be. It will be. Uh, yeah, I I think it it's got the uh, the right sort of taste for a. Um, Look, sorry for quite a tasty end of the season, really. Um, I think any one of Leicester, Man United, or Chelsea that don't get Champions League will take this season as a loss. Uh, if Chelsea can pull out a um, an FA Cup win over over Arsenal in a couple of weeks' time, I think that that would make up for it. Man United also have the Europa League to make up for it equally. Uh, Leicester, the only one that would go trophyless this season, so. You could argue that'll be a loss to Leicester, but even still, they are competing with the big dogs uh, of England. So, I don't know. I, as a relegation fighter myself, my my worries are sort of away from the, the top of the table. Um, much like uh, Tom Horner being the championship and yourself, Lewis, and Tom Alston being at the top of the league. We're all the wrong end of the, the English football sort of tables for this uh, Sort of topic, but no, I, I think with the form that Man United have shown, maybe bar the Chelsea game, but um, the form they've shown in like the last couple of weeks, I think before today there were 17 games unbeaten. Um, I, th- I think they've shown that they can go forward with ease and score fun. It's the back that needs to tighten up a lot. I think it'll be a good end of the season. I think next season also, 
will be really, really good from Chelsea and um, United, with Chelsea bringing in two massive names, uh, Ziyech and Werner. And Man United possibly getting close to the Sancho signing. But we are, it's up in the air still. So uh, I'll pass it back to you, Lewis. Yeah, so at the moment, uh, after Leicester's game today where they lost 3-0 away at Jose Mourinho's Tottenham, uh, meaning that they have now actually allowed Manchester United to catch up and Manchester United to have a game in hand. Um, obviously, Chelsea also do. So Chelsea are now third with 63 points. Uh, Leicester are fourth with 62. Um, and Manchester United are fifth with 62. But Manchester United and Leicester are equal points, equal goal difference. So it's all to play for going into the final game of the season. Obviously, Manchester United and Chelsea obviously get, have games in hand in midweek. So uh, depending on how those results go, I think it will be, if Manchester United could just draw against Leicester, it could be it, providing Chelsea and Manchester United win uh, in midweek. We'll now go down to the bottom. Uh, we'll start off on Friday night's game. West Ham managed to pick up a 3-1 win at home to Watford to ease their relegation fears. <laughs> um, and it was, it was quite a dominant performance by West Ham, uh, which we've been seeing a fair amount recently. Obviously, uh, they beat Norwich 4-0. Um, and now and then going into this game, and they've won the games they've needed to more than any others in the these last two. Um, and uh, yeah, I think it was. I thought it was quite a good performance, as you, Ravi. Uh, I didn't watch the game, but I I did have updates every five or so minutes uh, from various contacts of mine. Um, so. From what I gather, from what I saw at least, we absolutely smashed them out of the park first half. Three goals, two quick goals. Uh, and Declan Rice, I mean, that was, that finish was something else. Absolutely beautiful. Uh, and I think it was Deeney uh, in the second half who got the consolation goal, if you will, for Watford. Uh, massive, massive, massive three points. Huge game this season. Possibly the biggest we've had so far. Um, I thought it was going to be down to the Aston Villa game on the last day of the season next Sunday, actually, which I will be covering uh, on the Super Sunday uh, live stream. But um, yeah, I, I, I'm very, very happy. Antonio coming through with the absolute form of his life, clutching West Ham. You could say out of the, the relegation fight, there's, we are still mathematics. So it's the 19th of July today that we're filming. Um, we are still mathematically, like, we, we could go down still, sorry. Um, but of the teams that are fighting, which is, again, Brighton on our level, not likely. It's, it's more Watford, Bournemouth and Villa than anyone else. Uh, we are less likely than them to go down, which, honestly, I shouldn't have to say this as a West Ham fan, but we, I don't think they will get relegated this season. Praise the Lord. Um, we were the ones that actually uh, relegated Norwich with uh, Antonio Goat scoring uh, four, four goals in the performance of his life. But um, yeah, that's, that's basically my uh, view of the relegation battle, Lewis. Yeah, um, so obviously West Ham easing their relegation fears by a 3-1 win, putting them six points clear currently of Aston Villa, who are 18th. Uh, Bournemouth narrowly lost to Manchester City uh, on Thursday night, I believe, um, with 
Bournemouth, I think they broke some records and they've probably they've been the best away team at the Etihad for a long time or something like that. Um, and they nearly uh, uh, managed to get a point. Um, unfortunately, they did lose. And uh, they also lost to Southampton today, meaning they are now three points off with Watford, Aston and Aston Villa both having a game in hand on them. So in midweek, if Watford and Aston Villa both pick up point each, I believe Bournemouth are down. So we'll see. Because if they're three points off and Watford are three points, but yeah, so if Watford like draw or win and Aston Villa fail to win, then I think Bournemouth are down. So um, yeah, we is basically confirmed that Bournemouth are down, I think, realistically. Um, they've got to go to the Goodenson Park and get uh, a win. I doubt, to be honest. Um, but I mean, I'd, yeah. Um, and I think Aston Villa will probably head down as well, um, which is unfortunate for them. Uh, and they would be heading down to the Championship, who uh, we had we had a team get promoted this week and a team win the league this week. Uh, and it was after 16 years of hurt, Leeds United. And we have our very own Leeds fan, Tom, to uh, talk us through his week as a Leeds fan. It's been a mad few days. Um, started with um, Thursday night against Barnsley. Um, should be a routine game, but um, Barnsley, best team I've seen at Underwood this season, absolutely battered us in the second half especially. Um, good work from Bamford, got a cross in and they scored no goal, but um, we had seven defenders on the pitch by the end. We were hanging on against the bottom of the league, but got the job done. And um, went on to Friday night. And, um, yeah, we didn't expect to be promoted that early, but Huddersfield did us a favour with a late Smith Rowe goal. So, cue the celebrations on Friday night. And then, um, yep, yeah, then into the Saturday. Um, again, seemingly easy game for Brentford. Thought we'd have to pick up a point at Friday Park, but already had it handed to us with a stuck win. Um, yeah, I thought... Um, West Brom and Brentford both just were on it this weekend. I think the pressure got to them. Um, you didn't expect Brentford to drop points at Stoke, though. Even a draw would have put them in the driving seat. But now, um, obviously, it's in West Brom's hands. And they're home to QPR, and you can't see QPR getting anything there. Brentford have Barnsley, so they should win that. Although, Barnsley do have so much to play for after beating Forest today. So, it'll be an interesting midweek. I hope Brentford get it, but we'll have to wait and see. Yeah, obviously, uh, Barnsley did give give Leeds quite a game uh, during the week. I thought they actually deserved to win, um, but Leeds managed to get after a own goal um, by one of the Barnsley centre backs. So um, yeah, and then Barnsley managed to get a one 0 win home to Nottingham Forest today. So uh, they were down and out, but they got a win, um, and we'll go to the playoff race. I believe Cardiff are now in pole position. Nottingham Forest obviously losing as well. So now they're both on 70 points of Swansea in seventh on 67. So it's between those three. I think Cardiff and Nottingham Forest are basically in. Um, I doubt Swansea have a chance. They've got to go um, to the Majeski and beat Reading and then hope Cardiff and Nottingham Forest both lose. So I highly doubt um, that will happen. Down at the bottom, it's fairly open. Uh, it's between Hull, Luton, Barnsley and Charlton effectively and Wigan. Uh, with their minus 12 points. But uh, Wigan did really help their case 
with an 8-0 win at home to Hull City um, on Tuesday night, which was quite it was a magnificent performance. Obviously, 7-0 up at half-time. Um, I believe Kieran Dowell got a hat-trick. Um, so, yeah, uh, Hull are basically down and out now. I believe they picked up six points since Christmas Day, which is terrible. Um, they're by far the worst team in the league at the moment. Um, and uh, yeah, Luton then beat them on Saturday as well to come one 0 win. Um, we also had Fulham beat Sheffield Wednesday five three on Saturday. Uh, Blackburn beat Reading four three on Saturday, and QPR beat Mill four three on Saturday as well. So uh, a lot of goals in the championship. Um, and then we also had Wickham get promoted on Monday night. They beat Oxford two one at Wembley. Um, meaning that Wickham are playing in the second division of English football for the first time in the club's history, which is uh, brilliant, absolutely brilliant. Um, it's been a long time since the second division uh, had last had Oxford anyway, so either or, um, it would have been great for both of them, but uh, Wickham have come up. And uh, I believe, Tom, you have something to say about Wickham? Um, do we think Akin Ben will play a part in the Championship? Yes. He signed an, he signed a one-year deal, so I think definitely part of the plans. The, the ripe old age of thirty-eight. Um, so yeah, I'm sure I'm sure he'll be like a backup plan for Wickham, um, as he is normally. I believe he came off a bench in all playoff games, so um, more of a plan B. Um, so yeah, and I believe we'll now go into Europe. Spain was a hot talking point. We had. Because all the playing his last game, Messi being fed up, Real Madrid winning the La Liga, Gareth Bale being awkward. Uh, we had it all. And Harvey, our European correspondent, uh, will uh, <laughs> lead us, <laughs> talk to us about uh, what happened in Spain. I'll take that. That's, that's a nice little time. Uh, yeah, in a week, uh, match day 37 for uh, La Liga in Spain, we saw nine red cards uh, across the board, which is, I think, the most ever. I think uh, really good effort there from the Spaniards. Uh, we also saw Real Madrid crowned champions, possibly a game earlier than they thought, uh, with Barcelona losing at home to Osasuna with a, a 96th minute winner, I believe. Um, I'm not sure if you've seen it, but there's a, there's a video circulating of Messi scoring his free kick in that game uh, and immediately afterwards sort of throwing his hand in the air to say, you know, this is the best that I can give, but there's not really a lot else that he's getting back. And there's been a lot of talk as well, actually. I'm, I'm yet to see it. There's been a lot of talk about Barcelona possibly becoming the next AC Milan or United in terms of having a huge club history, whatnot, and then maybe losing a few of their golden generation stars um, and then falling off the map. And you can kind of see it. If Messi were to go from this Barcelona team, they would be in tatters. Absolute tatters. Uh, Suarez's powers are fading quickly. I'd say Neymar, it looks like Neymar's going to sign a contract extension, extension with PSG. So maybe we see him play out his later years uh, in France. But um, in the rest of La Liga, we see, yes, uh, as you said, Lewis, we saw Santi Garzola play his last game tonight as he was subbed off for Villarreal. Uh, I believe, was it 20, 22 goal involvement, 26 goal involvements this season? Um, you know, for a man that was told that he was never going to play football again to come back into um, into his team and have a, a, a so not just 
an average season, but what I would say to be a very, very good season, uh, it's bold. It's, it's not what you'd expect from the story, uh, from his past at least, but it, no, it's, it's nice to see. Uh, I'm not entirely sure, however, how, uh, why he is leaving. Um, if his contract is expiring, I don't see why Villarreal don't push it um, another year because it's clear that he's got the talent to keep um, to keep playing for at least another season or so. Um, and while uh, I am on European talk, I will quickly shoot over to Italy, where I say it week in, week out, Atalanta, Atlanta, sorry, Atalanta, um, they, are, they just proved to be, that was a nightmare there, they just proved to be, every single time they've come out, just the best team in Europe to watch. You know, there's, there's goals at both ends. Um, I think... Correct me if I'm wrong in the comments, but I, I think now, as of the 19th of July, Atlanta need um, six goals to outscore Bayern Munich, who are the highest scoring European team in the top five leagues this season, um, which is absolutely absurd. Um, they, are, they are pushing for a Serie A title. Uh, Juventus are six points clear of them with the game in hand. So... It, it's, it's not looking great with the remaining fixtures. Juventus do play um, Lazio as the next game. A very big team in Italy, again, who have been pushing this season uh, for their first title in quite a few years. Um, we saw uh, Atalanta play uh, Juventus, actually, um, away. 2-2 draw. Ronaldo, two penalties. Uh, you'd love to see it. Penaldo back to his best. Um, again, a very good game. I think I've, I read somewhere that Atalanta have scored uh, seven goals in a game, I think it's three times this season. Six goals in a game, eight times. And they've, they're, they're scoring for fun. I think they've scored more than 25 goals more than Juventus, who are first in the league. Uh, only with an inferior um, defence as well. But I, yes, I always mention it. I just thought it, it was, it was um, sort of giving them a shout because they've been absolutely exceptional this year. Definitely. I hope I hope that they go further with the uh, the Champions League and hopefully even next year push for a title as well. To be honest. Yep. So um, Syria and the Liga. So obviously Liga is pretty much wrapped up, and I believe Syria is Syria still open. I don't think Juventus have won it yet, have they? Yes. No, no. So there's there's five five or six games left for most teams. Um, with Juventus six points clear of Atalanta, uh, with a game in hand over them. Inter Milan have moved into second, I believe, a point in front of Atalanta, having played their game. So uh, Juventus have it all to play for against Lazio. And I think that's on Wednesday night, I believe. Oh, OK, well, that, well that'll be interesting. None the, uh, nonetheless. Uh, we also had a retirement during the week. Andre Scherler, uh, at tw- the age of 29, uh, retiring. He just lost his love for the game, quite like David, ben- David Bentley did uh, a decade ago. Um, and then lastly, Jude Bellingham looks to finally be completing his move to Borussia Dortmund. Apparently, he had his medical during the week ahead of a £25 million move. Um, really good move for him. I think that's probably the perfect club that he um, that he could have gone to. Yeah, so um, I believe that's everything this week. I don't know if anyone else had anything to add. No? Okay, cool. Right, so that is the end of the weekly waffle this week. Thank you very much for watching on YouTube or listening on Spotify. Um, please make sure to follow our socials be linked down below Um, and yeah thank you for watching and be sure to tune in for our West Ham rebuild on Thursday and our Soccer Sunday 
um, which will be where we ba we're basically basically copying Soccer Saturday, but well, um, because so uh, yeah, we, um, so yeah, be be sure to tune in for that because um, it will be better than Sky's, I assure you. Um, so yeah, thank you for watching and goodbye.